I lost myself. My self-esteem was in the toilet. I didn't have any kind of skills except hairdressing, and that requires a lot of focus to build up that clientele, and I just wasn't in it. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day. And some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Bethany Teed Coble, welcome to the show and congratulations on your one-year wedding anniversary. I know, I can't believe it. It went by quick. I always like to start with, tell us about your life and everything you love about it. Oh, my life. First of all, I got to say that since you and I did that little elevator speech, that was about five years ago. I have accomplished almost everything. My life is wonderful. It's exactly where I want it to be. I have a wonderful husband, beautiful home. I feel confident in my skin in myself. My faith is good. I have pretty much everything anybody could ask for. One item left to go, and that is working on my degree. Wow. Tell us about your job now, because it seemed like you just started a new job and you said you never thought you would be doing something like this. Yeah. Hairdresser by trade. Been a hairdresser for 30 years. And the job I'm doing today is like a dream job for me. I'm a housing case manager. And I work for a a company in the state of Washington. I do housing and I'm a housing case manager. I work with clients who have, I would say, mainly mental disabilities, like a behavioral substance abuse disorder. Most of my clients are in recovery. And I recently acquired employment specialist as well. So I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything. And if I have a client who needs housing and also employment, I can do that. I love the company I work for. My coworkers are amazing. And I've really worked hard to get to where I am, but I get in there. I love that you love your job. And I know it wasn't always like that. You said you were a hairdresser, but you've come up against some challenges. Before this, this is something you never imagined. What was your life like? That's a loaded question, Lori, because there's different sectors to my life. When I was young, it was just peaches and cream. I hate to say this, but I loved my little privileged life. My mom and dad still married today. I just had a great life. And then I got married and I didn't know that my husband at the time had issues with substance abuse. We were married technically 18 years. The substance abuse was bad lost everything. And just raising my two kids with struggle and financial strife, it was difficult because I wanted them to have as normal a life as possible. Thankfully, with the support of my family and friends, I was able to do that for my kids. They didn't know what was going on in the background, but it was bad. We lost three homes. And finally, at the end of it all, ended the girls and I ended up homeless, lived in a camper for about two years. And it was difficult because I wasn't working. I moved out to Seattle in 2008. And I had been working full time from the time I was 17 years old until 2008, when I moved out here to Seattle, because I followed my ex-husband out here. And I believed in the fact that he was doing good and things were going to be great. And I wouldn't have to work. So I didn't work. I lost myself in those like 10, 13 years that I was with him, I lost myself. My self-esteem was in the toilet. I didn't have 
have any kind of skills except hairdressing. And that requires a lot of focus to build up that clientele. And I just wasn't in it. I had these two kids that were keeping me super busy. I was very involved with their school things. And I was always busy. Then when we were homeless and I had to support myself somehow because I was not going to be a victim of that. I had to go DSHS, get on welfare. I went through work source and that's when I got my first job in something that I never in a million years would have even thought of doing. That fire was sparked by Queen It's a New Day for women who are in recovery, getting back on their feet to get them feeling better about themselves. So I volunteered to be a, a Queen's lady. As I was standing there with all these other volunteers watching these women come down the red carpet, it just hit me. This is what I want to do. I want to work with these w- women. When I was going through work source at the train station in Everett. Pioneer Human Services was doing interviews and I just jumped on board. My friend Jennifer was there and she told me, she said, Bethany, you've got to go apply for this company. You'll love it. And that's where it all started. I was just a resident monitor at a, at a small diversion treatment center. Here I am today, case managing housing. Who would have thunk it? But it's great. And I love it. And I love my clients. And and it's great. So when you were walking through those really tough times, can you talk about that? What kept you going? One word, God, two words, my faith and my kids. I really had a moment, maybe lasted a month where I just cried a lot. I had to get all the emotion out. And then I kept going to church. I kept reading my Bible. I took kept a journal and I literally just gave it all to God. In fact, got to a point where I just literally said, I quit. I give. You take over because there's nothing I can do. Nothing. <laughs> and I couldn't. I was just beat down so badly. And then my friend, Wendy, who has been such a huge support for me, she saw the situation my kids and I were in and she said, no, you're going to come live with me. So she let us move in with her and her two daughters. That was the beginning of my new life. And then it wasn't too long until you met the love of your life. You want to tell us about that? Interesting story. Again, I was still going through beginning stages of my divorce. I hadn't had any kind of relationship with my ex in about two years at this point. And Wendy, who I was living with at the time, was doing all kinds of stuff. She was dating and and going out and about and she was on match.com. And I mean, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I couldn't afford a match.com subscription. She kept saying, you need to do this because you need to start your life again. You can't just live for your kids. You've got to have your own life. I said, I tell you what, when the price goes down to 10 bucks, I'll join. So it was only probably two months after that. I'm looking one day and it's 9.99. I said, I can handle that. So I went on match.com and I flipped through a few and I saw his picture and I said to her, this is the one I want. This is him. It was like I was in in a catalog just shopping. Oh, there's the shirt I want. I'm going to order it. I reached out and texted him and he responded kind of confused like, but yeah, okay. um, Yeah, I'll meet. I'll meet you. Come to find out he didn't even know he had a match.com account. His sister did it for him. And he told his sister, he says, I got this girl texting me. I don't even know what this is about. (laughs) We met. And when I saw him walk in the door, it was just like the angels were singing to my heart. And I just knew he was the one. I just knew it. But I'm telling you, he has been just the answer to prayers. He's wonderful. And now you've been married for a year? Yes. I know. And thank you. We had a great anniversary celebration. Uh, and all we did was go out to eat. Oh, we just muddled around, had some ice cream. And then I went to his bowling tournament, which was boring. But, you know, it was okay. We had Chinese food. 
and then more ice cream. It was fun. We just had a great day. So you said that when you were going through this with your first husband, who you did not know had issues, which is so hard because people that are in addiction are really good at covering and lying. And you said you lost your self-esteem and your confidence. So was there a point when you got that back? Like what was the journey, the shift to getting back to Bethany? Honestly, I got to go back to this, begging God for it. I just begged God for it. Also, I think a lot of it had to do with recognizing who I am, not believing the lies. Lori, there was a time when I believed every lie. I really did. I thought I was nothing and nobody because I beat myself up for sticking it out so long with my ex and putting my kids in that situation. Again, like I said, they were kind of oblivious to it, but kind of not. They caught on later on. Recognizing the fact that there were mistakes made, but they weren't mistakes that I made. I don't know how to explain it. I guess the best way to explain it is this. There were things I wanted in life and I went about getting it the wrong way. And then by that time, I was just ignoring all of the signs. I was letting it happen because I was trying to do it my way. When I gave up and I finally said, oh God, you have to do this for me because I can't do it at all. That's when it all started hitting me that oh, I can't, I, how can I believe that? That's Satan. I can't put my faith in that. I got to believe in God. To do that, you have to believe in yourself. Then, of course, when you get a job and you start working and you start making money and you start saving money again, that helps too, because I was able to get back a lot of the stuff that was lost. And on a side note, I just want to let you know something. I got to thank every woman that was at that, what's your dinosaur, that retreat. I got all my stuff back, everything. I mean, see that behind me, that stocking? Yes. That was one thing that was eating at me that I didn't have. I'm just going to interject here. Before COVID, I was running retreats called What's Your Dinosaur? What's the thing that's stopping you from doing what you love? What is getting in your way? Bethany had a ton of stuff that she thought maybe her ex said it was in a house, like a trap house, and he kept promising it to her, but she could never get it or get to it. And at the retreat, not only did everyone pray for her, but they also offered to go with her to support her afterwards, whatever she needed to get her heirlooms back. This wasn't just stuff. These were heirlooms from her childhood and her children's childhood. Sadly, my ex passed away, but I was able to get back probably 90% of my kids' things, pictures, my kids' pictures. Watching your journey has actually felt like a staircase from when I met you to just watching, okay, now I'm at the Diversion Center. Now I'm here. Now I'm here. And you just keep stepping. It's like you just keep walking into more and more confidence, more and more joy, more and more service. Yes, more service. And giving back. I'm working at finding avenues to give back. I can definitely work harder at that. I know that. But you know, it, you're, when you're busy working and you've got Monday through Friday busy and you're putting so much into a, a job, it, it's hard to set aside, what can I do now? But don't but, you think that sometimes we try to separate that, but sometimes maybe it's the same thing. Maybe even though we're getting paid, we're still doing service because we're coming at it with compassion, with love, with understanding, with grace. Isn't that giving back? It is. And understanding. Yeah. So when you think about all you've walked through, all of your challenges, what is it you really want people to know? You can do anything 
as long as you keep your faith strong, believe in yourself, just do it. Don't think about it. Because if I let myself think about it, I wouldn't do a lot of the things I do because of fear, which we know is a liar. I got to a point in my life where I said, I'm not going to think about things. I'm just going to follow my nudges that I'm getting. The Holy Spirit will push you in places you don't want to be. And if you let yourself ignore that, you're never going to be in those places where you should be. Just do it. Just go for it. Did you ever create a dream board? In my head. A lot of times I ask people to do a dream board, but what Bethany was referring to in the beginning is I love to do this thing where I act as though we haven't seen each other in five years. And I have you tell me everything that's happened in the five years I haven't seen you, even though it hasn't happened. And I highly recommend doing this because what she said is all of those things have happened except one which she's working on. Because when our mind can change our brain and what happened was that set something in motion for you. Can you talk about that? So I remember that exactly. What I did is I opened my eyes and I said, oh, hi, Lori. And you said, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. And I said, well, I got married and I own a home. Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stopped making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully, inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash, click the affiliate link. So I remember that exactly. What I did is I opened my eyes and I said, oh, hi, Lori. And you said, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. And I said, well, I got married and I own a home. I remember it like it was yesterday. When I left that meeting that day, I just had this rush of even more so I can do this. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, that was fun, but I'm never going to get there. You know, it's so easy to say that. But I just kept that. I guess I want to call it like a top shelf attitude where instead of putting stuff on the back burner, I kept it on the top shelf and I'm like, it's right there in front of me. I can do it. I just have to do it. And you wanted to. And I wanted to. I wanted to. I always like to end with what are you reading or what do you recommend? Mostly Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite reads are Brene Brown books. And it's not so much of what she is. It's when I read her stuff, I like to read it through the eyes of her readers who are in a bad spot. I like to feel that inspiration and that hope. Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. I love that, that speech. It just makes me sad sometimes to think about, just read it, take my word for it. Bethany is referring to Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. So if you stay tuned till the end, you can hear the story of the man in the arena. Well, it Um, goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago. Yeah. Get in the arena. Get in the arena. Just do it. And my husband, Jack actually was the one, when I met him, I saw his apartment for the first time, he had this book on his coffee table and it was a Brene Brown book. I don't even know how he got it, but he was telling me about it. He said, you should read this book. I think this would help you. And I started out with one of her first books. And when I was reading this book, it was just so inspiring. The funniest part is I noticed as I was reading, I could correlate a lot to the Bible. 
I could relate a lot of it to my faith. I could relate a lot of it to what God wants for us. Well, she disarms shame. And isn't that what you were struggling with? Because you thought, here, I had this great life. I married this person. I thought the thing. And then we want to beat ourselves up that we weren't so smart that we could have seen ahead, but we can't. People who we can get involved with can lie to us and tell us what we want to hear. And it's not that we believe them because they have some past history of being truthful until they don't. And exactly. I, think, I just read Lisa Turkerist. Have you heard of her? Yes. Her latest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. She oh. had to walk away from her marriage, but she was trying to save the ministry. She was trying to make the marriage work, but he had addictions because she is loving and kind and want to give that second chance, third, fourth, fifth chance. It gives us grace that we may get in a situation. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's no judgment of if it's our fault or if we made a bad decision. It is what it is. And now what do we do next? And what you said is we keep moving forward. We keep taking the next step. We make mm-hmm. the next thing happen and we choose to believe and we choose to love ourselves and we choose to forgive ourselves. Exactly. One of my uncles said something to me. I called him when everything was going down and it was crashing and burning. And I called him because I needed some wise words and He said, I I have nothing to tell you. He said, but don't be a victim. And that just resonated with me, resonated with me. And I held on to that through everything. And I realized there's going to be shame and guilt and all of that because we're human. But when you're in Christ, you can't be a victim. You can't be because he's always there for you to protect you. You're only what you allow yourself in your human state. You are only what you allow. So in order for me to to get through that, I can't focus on being a victim. I can't hold on to shame. We can't hold shame. It'll ruin you. So the truth is we can and we do and it kills us. It makes us sick. And so what I love, what you said earlier is I, like I chose not to. And that is so powerful. I also chose to embrace my support. I embrace you and your wisdom, my friends, my church, my community. I embrace that. There are many people that when they are in that carnal area of shame, they reject it. And if I could give anybody advice, don't reject it. Just humbly accept it because you need your community. It's one thing to ask for help. It's a really big other thing to receive it and say yes. Amen. That's true. Yep. And I applaud you for saying yes. There's a a gal, Alex L., and she says, self-healing is an act of community service. You chose to humble, basically, yourself, take the higher road, let somebody help you and your girls. You just kept stepping up, stepping up. And I love that. We can isolate and be so full of shame, and it doesn't serve anybody. No one, no one, especially those that need you. There are people that need you in your lifetime, and... In my case, my kids needed me to be strong. They didn't need to see me cry. They didn't need to see me weak. They needed to see their mom. And today, five years, fast forward, I have two daughters. Lori, you've met them. They are strong young women, so strong. I'm not even close. My 20-year-old is working hard and running her own business. Amazing. They blow me away. When I was probably in my early 20s, my dad was going through a bit of a a crisis of his own. He completely started over. He'd always been in the food business. Then he had an opportunity to buy into a precision tune. So he went from food to automotive and 
he did that for about six years, seven years, and he realized he wasn't happy. He had the lifelong dream of selling cars and he loves cars. So when he was in his fifties, early fifties, like myself, he did a complete switch and went and got a job at a big dealership in Southeastern Michigan selling Oldsmobiles. And he made it all the way up to salesman of the year. He's got a General Motors ring with diamonds on it. His achievements, just unbelievable how he soared. And he ended up selling cars for about 10 years. Yeah. And I think seeing what my dad went through just gave me that every time I felt like giving up, I would think about him and I would think, my gosh, my dad really clawed his way back. I can do this. I'm his daughter and I can do it. He is like just my hero, my dad. He's wonderful. Well, thank you, Beth, for being on the show. Thank you for your wisdom and uh, congratulations on your first year anniversary. Thank you. And thank you for being the one that joined us. I will always be grateful. And you know, I love you. Love you so much. That was a beautiful day. When I was probably in my early 20s, my dad was going through a bit of a a crisis of his own. He completely started over. He'd always been in the food business. Then he had an opportunity to buy into a precision tune. So he went from food to automotive and He did that for about six years, seven years, and he realized he wasn't happy. He had the lifelong dream of selling cars, and he loves cars. So when he was in his 50s, early 50s, like myself, he did a complete switch and went and got a job at a big dealership in southeastern Michigan selling Oldsmobiles. And he made it all the way up to salesman of the year. He's got a General Motors ring with diamonds on it. His achievements, just unbelievable how he soared. And he ended up selling cars for about 10 years. Yeah, and I think seeing what my dad went through just gave me that every time I felt like giving up, I would think about him and I would think, my gosh, my dad really clawed his way back. I can do this. I'm his daughter and I can do it. He is like just my hero, my dad. He's wonderful. Thank you, Lori. A lot of people call it the man in the arena speech. And this is the passage that changes my life. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the person who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred with blood and sweat and dust, who at the best, in the end, knows the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, he fails daring greatly. Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book? To create a podcast, check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie, that's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E, dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. It's been a couple of weeks since Bethany and I did this interview. And since then, I am so very excited for her. She's taking my podcast class and she is launching her very own podcast. It's about weight loss, bariatrics, self-esteem, all the things that go together. It's called More to Lose. Here's a sneak peek of her upcoming podcast, and we will definitely keep you posted. Do you ever think you're the only one who can't keep weight off? Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not. I have struggled with those feelings of isolation myself. Back when I was a kid, little kid, 11 years old, my parents put me on Weight Watchers. They had special treats you could buy that you would take to parties 
when other people were eating cupcakes and cakes, you would eat your little Weight Watcher treat. Imagine being a kid at a birthday party and everybody eating cake and ice cream and you whip out a Weight Watchers treat that your mother brought for you. I mean, feeling isolated, the only one that was special and had to have a special treat. It's difficult. And at 11 years old, it's really hard to process. Maybe you haven't had an experience exactly like that. I just want you to know that you are not alone. This is a struggle a lot of us have. Most of us who have dealt with our weight issues our whole life can tell you my story. And I can tell you theirs. They're similar. Struggles with weight. Some struggled with diets fads, starvation, maybe some had eating disorders, body dysmorphia issues, mental health addiction, and by addiction, yes, food is an addiction, sugar addiction. These are all things that go hand in hand. If you even for one minute think you're alone, you're wrong. I'm here to tell you, you have people, you have a tribe, a community of people out here who have the same issues. We just don't talk about it every day because it's humbling, sometimes embarrassing, can be hurtful, it's challenging, it's emotional, period. Emotional. I tend to think that it's a sad thing, but here's the great news. It doesn't have to be sad. Sharing in a community, it can be encouraging, it can be rewarding, and it can be a sense of growth. Growing is a good thing. In order to grow, we have to change. Changing our habits, the way we eat, the places we go, sometimes even the people we associate with can be the best thing for us. Difficult to do, but can be good. Trying to find where you fit. Understanding that you're not alone. Understanding sometimes admitting you have a problem can be the start. Let me ask you this. Have you ever said, why me? Why not you? Maybe you're the one that was chosen. Maybe you're the one that will inspire someone else just by simply taking that first step, my hope is that you do have support and you do have people that want to share support and encourage you. But if you don't, it doesn't mean you're alone. It just means you have to find another avenue. So when you can ask yourself, yeah, why not me? That might be your start. Take a good hard look at the little kid inside of you. Look in the mirror. Have a nice long talk with yourself. Tell yourself how much you love you and how you want to see you become a healthier you. Because you can and I know you will. We're going to work on this together. I'm here and I hope I can be of an encouragement, a safe place for you to bounce off ideas, emotions, whatever. Feelings are a tricky thing. I get it. There's a lot involved. All of us have more to lose in our life. You are worthy of this journey. So why don't you do that today? Take a moment. If you have time, make time. If you don't, stand in front of a mirror. Take a little bit of an inventory. Get to know yourself. It's good. Weight issues, they're hard. I've dealt with this my whole life. I chose a path of weight loss that so far has worked for me. And I'm hoping that I can share with you more about that. In the meantime, let's just stay in touch. I can't wait to hear your journey and I'll continue sharing mine. Three things we learned from Beth. Number one, ask for help. Number two, get your tribe, get your community. And number three, do it. Take that step. Do the thing. Don't hesitate. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family, subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.